Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. All right. Thank you, Dave. Your, uh, your knowledge of dirt track racing is astounding. It's, it's amazing. And so, well, welcome to Lex City. Welcome to Father's Day at Lex City. Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Every year we do some sort of theme. We've done axe throwing. We've done golf. We've done fishing. Now, kind of do an off-road racing uh, kind of theme today. In fact, if you're into the off-road racing stuff, we have an interest group that meets for off-road racing with you know, Wranglers and trucks and side-by-sides. August 5th and 6th is that time to hang out. Go to Lexi.info, learn more about that today. And so, well, maybe you guys have seen uh, this T-shirt before uh, that some people wear, and I saw it recently. It's, it's not a dad bod, it's a father figure, which I think is an amazing shirt. In fact, I showed it to the staff, and Josh was like, which way is the guy turning? And I was like, well, that's how you know it's a dad bod. If, the silhouette, if you don't know which way he's looking, you know, which is amazing. And so, and, uh, and so maybe if you, don't, if you don't know if you have a dad bod or not, if, you're, if you used to look like Zac Efron and now you look more like Zac Galifianakis, you have a dad bod, okay? That's how you know the difference. And dad bod was actually created as a kind of a term of endearment. Like, it just shows that, you know, you can have all different types of, of bodies, right, guys? And so um, it's kind of celebrating that. You don't have to have a lean, shredded body to be awesome, all right? Actually, there was a study done that showed that 75% of women actually prefer a dad bod over a six-pack. All right. Ladies are like, I did not take that. That was not a part of that study. And uh, here's the deal. That study was done by Planet Fitness, so it may have been to get people to come to the gym. I don't know. But you're welcome for all that research today. And so, But I actually like the T-shirt. It's not a dad bod. It's a father figure because it's real, Right? Like, we all need a father figure in our life, earthly, heavenly father as well. And so we're going to talk about a little bit of that today. And I know that on Father's Day, very similar to Mother's Day, there are kind of all sorts of emotions going on in the room, those of you watching online. And um, I know that uh, some of you love this day, been looking forward to it for a while. For others of you, maybe a difficult day. Maybe you have a broken relationship with your earthly father right now, or maybe you lost uh, your daddy passed away recently, and this, so this is a hard day for you on Father's Day. And so I want to know that we're sensitive to those emotions in the room, but I also want to be sensitive to the fact that dads need to be encouraged, okay? And so dads, we love you guys. Your job is so important. And as a father myself, I have two teenage boys, a nine-year-old girl. I've been a parent for almost 17 years, and I'm learning a lot, you know, as a new parent. And so you figure out things a lot. I remember, like, when I became a dad for the first time, I look back and I'm like, what did I do with all of my spare time before I had kids? Like, I thought I was busy before I had kids, and now it's really, really busy with all their activity, all things going on in their life. And so, but you learn not only how to love them as a dad, as a, as a parent, but in trying to love them, I'm learning even more about God's love for me and God's love for you. And today I want to walk through kind of some stories um, from my life as a dad and walk through some scriptures um, today as well. Have kind of been teaching me about the love that God has, um, that God has for every one of us. And so you can go to lexcity.info if you want to follow along on message notes. You can take your own notes. So we're going to talk about just four things today that I've been learning that maybe you can kind of understand as well. And so the first one is this. God delights in you enjoying life. God delights in you enjoying life. And so as a dad, I learned, actually learned this 20-something years ago from Pastor Brian. We were good friends. And they, they did this with their kids, and so we kind of adopted it in our family. And we do every year, not every year, every year when they turn 10, we do a 10-year-old trip with our kids where it's just me and the child, and we, we kind of budget together. We talk about where we're going to go. And so 
when Caleb turned 10, we decided to take a trip to Kansas City. And so we went to Kansas City. It was, a, it was an amazing trip, a couple nights together. And we went to a Royals game together, watched the baseball game together. This is Caleb in his long hair phase and big teeth when he was 10, um, you know, right there. And so after that, we went to the College Basketball Hall of Fame Museum right in, in downtown Kansas City. It was so fun and so awesome. And then we went to Worlds of Fun. And Worlds of Fun is basically like King's Island or Six Flags. And we had a blast there, and we rode roller coasters together. And then we did this one thing called the ripcord. How do I describe the ripcord? You basically get there, they put you in like what seems like a very unsafe like tarp kind of thing, and it has cables attached to it, and they pull you up 250 feet into the air, and then you're in charge of pulling the ripcord. So they say like, three, two, one, ripcord. And Caleb's like, I'm pulling the ripcord. I was like, great, you can pull the ripcord, buddy. We get up there, three, two, one, ripcord. He's like, it's not, I can't, it's not working. And I think to this day, he was just messing with me to like make me freak out. And he finally pulls the cord and we drop 200 feet and then you sail like a bird. And it's, it's incredible. We get to the bottom. He's like, let's do it again. I was like, all right, how much? And they were like 10 bucks. I'm like, 10 bucks, that's great. So we went up and did it again. So fast forward a couple years later, Austin's trip, 10-year-old trip. We went to St. Louis. We went to a Cardinals game. We went uh, and saw the St. Louis Arch and went up in that thing, which was amazing. We went and had the best ribs of my life. It was super, super fun. We went to the city museum. Um, there's a picture. I locked him up and went to have lunch by myself, and he just kind of hung out there. It was great. Um, and then we went to Six Flags, and he said, I want to do what Caleb did. I want to do the ripcord. So we did the same thing in St. Louis. The difference was we get up. He's like, you're pulling the cord. I am not to be trusted with pulling the cord. So I pull the cord, we go down, and he yells as we're going down, never again. And so just the difference in your kids, right? Like, he's like, we're not, and he hasn't done it again since then, you know, and so it's great. But I say all that to say, as a dad, watching my kid experience these, these memories, these trips, these things that they do, I've learned, like, for me, it's more the enjoyment than they receive than it is for me. Like, I love watching my kids enjoy life, watching my kids enjoy these trips that we take, and I feel like that, that's a little bit like how God is with us, right? And so for some of you guys, you're, you post a lot of sunrise, sunset pics on Instagram. You know who you are, okay? And I love them because there's, there's a great, nothing better than a sunrise, sunset pic. And so every morning for my kids' whole life, I've taken them to school every single morning. I love that time with them until my, my son turns 16. Now they go off on their own. I just kind of cry in the house while they leave, and it's great. But I still get to take Kinsley every morning. Every morning we get to see the sunrise. And it's amazing and we talk about it. And I think about how God, and I think about how God doesn't ever get bored every morning telling the sun to rise, every night telling the sun to set. I think he doesn't get bored uh, with that because God's enjoyment doesn't necessarily come from watching the sunrise, but from watching you as God's creation watch the sunrise. And how much we enjoy his creation, how much we enjoy all of those things. And so scripture talks about it, a great a deal. And Genesis chapter one is a great example. It says this. Then God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees from, for your food. And I've given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life, and that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he said, that is very good. And God creates this and all this incredible gifts in our life. And again, for me, I'm learning as a parent and a father, like one of the things I learned is that I'm learning about God's love for us is that God has created all of this for you to enjoy. 
with all the mess and all the junk going on in our world, I think sometimes we forget and we take for granted these things that God's given us. I'm that dad on a road trip. I'm just trying to make good time. We're stopping every four hours and you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna go to the bathroom. You're gonna get food. We're gonna get gas. We're not stopping in between. It's like all about making good time. And we can kind of miss, right? The creation miss the things that God's created for us. We can take those things for granted. And if we're gonna be a grateful person, a thankful person, Start by acknowledging that all of life is a gift. Every drop of water that we have, every crumb of food that we get is a gift from God that he's thoughtfully and lovingly provided for us. When we begin to look at life in that way, it changes our perspective. It changes your attitude. It changes the joy that you have. So whether you just go out and have a nice meal, whether you have some incredible conversations with friends, whether you go to Kroger and get that 30 cents off a gallon of gas right now, praise God, right, for that, my wife, for her, it's going to the beach and just experiencing the environment of all that God's created right there. So whatever it is for you, you begin to see that life is a gift and God absolutely delights not only in creating that, but watching you as his creation delight in that moment and receive it as a gift. And I think the greater degree that we can do that, all of us, we're gonna be better off, right? So that's the first one. Number two that I'm learning is this. You're not a bother to God. You're not a bother to God. I read a few years ago that 94% of teenagers will go online for advice before they will ever ask their dad for advice. 94% of teens are like, I'm gonna Google this. This is way easier than talking to my dad. And I saw this Father's Day video a few years back and I said, if I ever teach on Father's Day, I'm gonna show this video because we all need a good cry every once in a while, right? So this video is for all you feelers out there right here.
So honestly, I watched that video a few times, so I wouldn't cry on stage today watching that. Uh, right now, my wife gives me our time. Before we had kids, she was like, you're like an emotionless robot, like I would never cry. And then, then I had kids, and it was like, now I see commercials, I'm like, this commercial is so great, you know? And I like watching shows, and I'm like picturing my kids in the show, and I'm like a mess, and, and so it, it changes you. And, um, but I tell you, as a dad, there's not much better than when your kids come to you, and, and they want your advice, and they want your wisdom, and they want your counsel, and they want you to show them how to do something. It's a great feeling, and it really does bond the relationship. And so kids, ask your dad before you ask Google, and so... There's this really interesting story in Luke chapter 18. It's a parable that Jesus told us and says this. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show how they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. I'm not touching that verse today. Um, then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? Now, what's interesting is the majority of Jesus' stories that he tells that are parables, they were what we call allegories. And so most people believe or read that, and they think this is an allegory. They read it, and they go, okay, like, I get the point. There's two characters. There's the judge. There's the widow. And, like, usually, you're usually comparing God to one of the things. So you're like, okay, God must be the judge in this story. We must be the widow in this story. And so even though God is, like, really busy and he's got so many things going on, and even though he doesn't necessarily like care about what's going on in my life and doesn't care about my career and my marriage and all the things that I have in my life, what, what he's saying, what we think people, are, when you read it, you think Jesus is saying, if I were just to be persistent enough, if I'm just enough of a nuisance, if I just you know, continue to wear God down, if I just continue to pray to him, then God will finally be like, okay, I'm just so tired of hearing your voice that I'll just give you whatever you want, right? And so we read that and we think that. That God's like the judge and Jesus is, like, is saying that I'm like the widow and I'm helpless. I don't have a choice but to go to, to pester the judge. The problem is this story is not an allegory. This story is a contrast. So what Jesus was saying is that God is nothing like the judge who didn't care. What he's saying is God deeply cares about your life and every detail about your life. He cares about what you're going through and he's saying in contrast there's your there's nothing, you're nothing like the widow. You're not powerless. You are sons and daughters of God. And he deeply cares about every detail of your life. In the same way, as a dad, nothing brings me more joy than hearing the sound of my kid's voice when they come to me and ask me for something. God, in the same way, absolutely loves when you come to him for wisdom. He loves the sound of your voice. You're not a bother to him. And the more you can realize that, the easier it makes it for you to reach out to him in those times of need. And so these are things that I'm just kind of observing as a parent. So again, number one, God delights in you enjoying life. Number two, you're not a bother to God. And number three, the third thing is, you're not alone. You're not alone. For those of you that are parents that your kids are a little bit older, you remember having to teach your kids how to ride a bike, right? Right? Some of you are like, oh, that's PTSD. There's a lot of trauma involved 
in, in that time, right? And so depending on how fearless or fearful your kid was, it was different for every kid, right? But they came up with this incredible invention right before I started teaching my first how to ride a bike. It was this handle that you actually attach to the bike, and so you can literally ride, you can go behind the kid while they're on the bike, and you can hold the handle, and they don't even feel it really, and so you're going behind and you're holding the handle, and they think they're alone, but they're not. And they get a little bit better, and then all of a sudden you let go of the handle, and you're doing that weird thing where your neighbors are staring at you, where you're like a dad, and you're, you're doing this, and you're running behind your kid, and they're like all doing all of this, right? And so they think they're alone, but you're actually right there. What they don't realize is that if they begin to fall to the right or the left, I'm going to catch them. I'm going to guide them. I'm going to steer them. I'm going to make sure that they're safe through that entire process. And so when I think back to the picture and that memory of me doing it with my kids, I don't think about the picture of me and them. I think about the picture of God and me, God and us. And you realize that there's so many moments in my life where I feel like God allows me to take a risk, allows me to step out in faith. And it feels like, and some of you know this because you're in this, maybe this moment right now in your life. You're in the middle of something scary, something unknown, something uncertain. You feel like you don't have the skill set. Maybe you feel like you don't have the money or the resources. You feel like you don't have the right people around you. You feel like you don't have the amount of talent that you need. And you feel like you're doing it alone. And you're scared, but you keep putting one foot in front of the next every day, and you feel like you're all alone. You feel like at times maybe God doesn't know or God doesn't care, and I'm promising you, guys, he is with you every single step of the way. He's holding the back of that bike as you're riding through life. And he's doing this behind you as you're navigating those hard situations. He is right there every single step of the way. Psalms 121 says this, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. It's an amazing promise and a reminder that you are not alone. No matter how alone you feel right now, whether you're here or watching this from your home, you're not alone. God is with you every single step of the way. He's not gonna let your foot slip. I think the more we can remember that, the more courage we have to kind of step into those moments in life that seem unbelievably scary. Maybe those moments in life as a parent or as a dad that feel unbelievably scary. And remember this, God is most powerfully present even when it seems like he's apparently absent. He is there with you every step. And the fourth thing to the last one is this, learning from just parenting. Your sin doesn't make you second class. Your sin doesn't make you second class. I have two boys, Caleb and Austin. I think they're incredible young men. I'm looking forward to seeing what God does in their life. And I have a daughter named Kinsley. She's nine going on 19. And Kinsley always reminds me that she's the favorite child. She reminds her brothers that as well. And I'm always like, no, I love you all the same. And she's like, Dad, I realize you have to say that in front of the boys, but we know. And then she like winks at me. She's like, we know, Dad, it's fine. And I'm like, no, you're my favorite daughter. She's like, I know, you're, I know what you meant to say was favorite kid. And she just keeps saying it all the time. And we love our kids all the same, but my wife and I joke a lot about that, like, when we get older, like, Kinsley's gonna be the one taking care of us, okay? Like, she's our one shot. She's sassy yet sensitive. She's a leader. And I think about, especially when our kids were younger, we always were really intentional about bedtime, 
we were always like, we're gonna spend a lot of time in the room with the kids at night because it's when they open up. And now that my boys are older, we don't put them to bed anymore, but at, late at night is when they open up. Late at night is when they're transparent, when they wanna talk. And we don't even care if they're stalling bedtime. We just love the conversations that we get to have with them. And I think about even now, like with Kinsey, we, 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 we kind of go every other night. My wife and I, we put her to bed and we go in there and we read a story. And uh, my, my daughter also wants to check out my Instagram story, so we do that. But then, but then after that, we pray together. And then usually we'll sit there and we'll kind of rub her to sleep. And it sounds creepy to say if you're not a parent, but then I'll just kind of watch her sleep for a little bit. Especially on the really hard days of parenting, because you have to be reminded like, okay, I do love this child. Like, look at him sleeping. They look at me. Like, they're very agreeable right now in this moment. They're so cute right now in this moment, right? So you have to remember those moments during the hard days as a parent. And so I'm kind of watching her sleep the other night, and the, the thought crosses my mind. You know what? Right now when she messes up, when she makes poor choices, they don't really affect the rest of her life. They're kind of cute. They're not like major things. But I realize as my kids get older, my boys are older now, like there's gonna be times when they're gonna make really bored choices that are gonna affect the rest of their life. And there's gonna be times when, when, when Ashley and I are up late at night and we're worried about them, we're praying for them, and we're saying, God, please give them grace and mercy even in the midst of their poor choices. I don't, I'm not naive, naive enough to think that my kids are gonna be the one kids that are gonna go through life and not have these major issues. They're gonna walk through some major stuff. And I've always thought about how tough it is uh, on my kids being pastor's kids. There's just a different level of expectation that people place on them, right or wrong, that it gets placed on them. And there are gonna be times when my, when my kids will make choices that maybe you who call Lex City your home, you're gonna be like, oh, I don't agree with that. Or maybe it's even embarrassing to you and you're gonna think, oh, that's probably embarrassing to Zach and Ashley. And I'll tell you this, no matter what my kids do, no matter what poor choices that they make, now or in the future, it will never change the fact that they are my kids. And I call them my own. They're my sons. They're my daughter. And I feel like because of that, I understand more about unconditional love now as a dad than I ever did before. But I think it's really hard for us as humans to understand that concept of unconditional love. It's like a whole other category. And we kind of struggle to understand and receive God's love. It's very foreign to us. Because I, our definition of love as people is really just more like, what, what do we do and how often do we do it? And we don't have a category. And Jesus knew that we would struggle with this. And so one day he tells this story to try to emphasize unconditional love and the fact that your sin doesn't make you second class. And I think it's kind of fitting to end this message with this story because it's really the most famous story in scripture about a dad. It's about a son who decides, like he doesn't need his dad anymore and he's just gonna go do his own thing and makes him really like a lot of series of very poor choices with his life. And he kind of gets to a point where he's finally like, what am I doing with my life? I'm gonna go back to my dad and I may not even be able to call myself a son anymore. That's not really a choice, he thinks. So Jesus tells this story and says this. So he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. And what I love about this verse Never forget this part of the story because I love the way Jesus sets this up. It would have made a lot more sense 
for the son to run to the father, right? He had done wrong. He had left. He had nothing to lose. He was nothing without the father. He was kind of coming back groveling, saying, what have I done? I'm so sorry. So it made more sense. Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Don't miss this part of the story. As the father sees the son, he takes off running. He said, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Kill the calf. We have been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast. For the son of mine was dead. And now I return to life. He was lost, but now he is found. This is really significant. He does three things here. He says, get the ring, put it on his finger. He says, get the robe, sandals, put those things on him, and then let's prepare the feast. All three of those things were a sign of honor in their culture. He wanted his son to see that from the very beginning. He's saying, son, your choices, as poor as they were, as real as they were, they don't make you second class. You're still my son. You still have honor. And some of you walking today and you're watching a line and you have this tremendous amount of guilt and shame in your life. Maybe from 10, 20 years ago, maybe from something you did last night, but you're feeling all of that and it's very real for so many of us. And there's this tendency as human beings to put God's love in the same category as human love. And so when we think we've messed up, we somehow have to work our way back into this relationship with God. And that's why the son in the story is like, I know I can't be my father's son, I'll go and be a servant instead. I'm gonna work my way back into that. And what Jesus is saying, whoa, he's saying time out. You're not working for God's love. Your sin doesn't make you second class. Yes, there are consequences for our choices, but the consequence is not that you lose God's love. You are loved, you have honor. And the more that we can embrace that, the healthier and the closer you're going to have to the purpose that God has for you in your life. And so I would say to all you dads out there, a lot of you have been dads a lot longer than I have, so I don't have a bunch of dad tips today, but I will tell you one thing. I think to, to, to the degree, dads, that we can stay connected to the unconditional love and grace of God our Father, that we can embrace that, it allows that to flow through us to our kids to give them the love and the grace when they most desperately need it. So again, I don't know what looks like in your life, but I know that you'll never regret staying connected to that kind of love, unconditional love and grace from Abba Father, the, the perfect heavenly Father. It will equip you to be a better man, a better husband, a better father, a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, a better human, because in the end, that kind of love always wins. Let's pray as we close. Just bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We, we, we know that today is a day that does have a lot of mixed emotions for a lot of people, but God, we're thankful for our dads. We know every dad is, is imperfect every dad except for our Heavenly Father, but God, we honor our dads today. I pray that they have an amazing day today, and God, above that, I thank you that all of us have a really good Father in heaven. God, your love is beyond anything that we could ever imagine. I pray today that maybe we'll be reminded of a few simple things today, 
be reminded that so much of life is a gift and that you as our Heavenly Father really delight when we delight in your creation and those gifts. I pray we'll be reminded that for those of us that need wisdom today, whether it's about relationships or career or marriage or kids or parenting, I pray that we just be reminded that we are not a bother to you. There's nothing too big or small that we can't bring to you. Nothing that you love to hear more than the sound of our voice. God, I pray for those of us that are here today that feel alone, you feel like we're in isolation. Maybe we stepped out in faith and maybe we're struggling with something and we just feel like at times, God, that you don't know or you don't care. I pray that you'll remind us that we have a Father that's with us every step of the way. He will not let our foot slip. Even when we feel alone, God, you are right there with us. God, for those of us that are struggling with guilt and shame and maybe it's caused us to feel like we could never return back to you, I pray that right now you'll be reminded of your love and your grace and that our sin doesn't make a second class, that we're still, we're still your sons, we're still your daughters. As we continue to pray with every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're here, you're watching online and you're going, you know what? I don't have a relationship maybe even with my earthly father, but not with my heavenly father. I don't have a relationship with him. And I'm here and I'm feeling kind of hopeless and I'm kind of tired of living my life for the world and my own identity and all these things that keep, at the end of the day, keep leaving me feeling empty. There's this great verse in Romans that says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means that God knows all the sin, all the mistakes, all the mess ups in my life and in yours as well. And in spite of all of that, he loves you unconditionally. He takes it one step further. He wants a relationship with you through his son, Jesus. So maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online and you say, you know what, that's me. I need, to, I need a relationship with Jesus. I've never done that before. If that's you today, if you'd be bold enough with every head bowed, every eye closed to say, that's me, I wanna pray that prayer, just lift your hand up so I can know who I'm praying. We just slip your hand up right now. Just lift it up and say, that's me. Awesome. I see your hand. I see your hand over there as well. Very cool. I'm gonna say a prayer, and you don't have to say these words. It's, just, it's not the words that save you, but it's just you connecting your heart to the very heart of God. So say something very similar to this, just in your own, in your own head, in your own heart. Say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that my sin separates me from you, but today, God, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to save me. I ask you to change me. I believe in your son, Jesus, that he died on the cross for my sins and that he beat death and rose again. I'm tired of living for me. I wanna start living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just celebrate with those that made that decision today? Awesome. This hour and last hour both, really, really cool stuff. I encourage you, like, this is an incredible Father's Day because you just stepped across that line of faith and you put your faith in Christ, and that's amazing. I wanna encourage you, if you did that, you can go to lexi.info, you can click on I Pray, fill the information out, we'll send you an email. Also, if you're here in person, we'd love for you to go to the Welcome Center. We have a book called The Decision to kind of just walks you through um, kind of the next steps in your faith journey. We'd love to give you that as a free gift today. So I encourage you guys to go um, be a part, go do that and go to the Welcome Center. And then uh, we'll have people down front. 
that would love to pray with you about anything that you may have, any prayer needs that you may have, or maybe something in the message kind of stirred something inside of you. If you want to talk to somebody, encourage you guys to come down front for that. And as you guys are going out, there are going to be stickers for everyone at Lex City Church. Slap those on the back of your vehicle, invite people to church. We'll be back next week as we continue our series on names of God this summer. Thank you guys for being here. Happy Father's Day. We'll see you all next week. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church/give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.